What's up, bench warmers? Welcome in episode 80 of the Far End of the Bench podcast. Jimmy Pilato, Nico Bryant. A lot of stuff to get to. It was Masters weekend over the past weekend. NBA playoffs, the play in tournament is happening as we were recording this episode, and the playoffs will start this weekend. Uh, NHL playoffs coming up right around the corner, plus uh, some other news that we'll, we'll touch on. So, a lot of great topics of discussion for episode 80 of the podcast. Before we get into it, be sure to follow us wherever you're uh, on your social media apps at FEOTV pod. Uh, follow us where you listen to your podcast. Our new episodes drop every Wednesday. We've had a few interviews the past couple of weeks. Go back, check those out for our bonus Friday episodes. Uh, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We have a video that'll be dropping Friday with our full NBA playoff predictions uh, as to whether or not we're going to be winning anything when it comes to the NBA championship or not. Nico and I will have all of our predictions coming at you on Friday. So be sure to subscribe there. And uh, yeah, let's, let's go have some fun. Nico, even though I double bogey just the intro now and the, the end of the podcast, I still got a two-stroke lead, so I should be fine, right? Yeah, you, you, can, you can four putt for the for the green jacket anytime, Jimbo. Just like my good old boy, Sky Sheffer. What's going on, bench warmers? This is Nico Bryant here, here with my second necessary attention since coming back. Um, obviously, I got my Jokic jersey. It's playoff season in the Mile High City. But I need to talk about my biggest win I have ever had in my life. Sports betting. Nah, I'm not going to say ever in my whole life. But sports betting was the biggest win I've ever had by far. Shout out Scotty the Chef. Scheffler for the massive W. Guy had eighth, eighth, eighth best odds to win the Masters. I threw a $25 bet on it. $400 in my pocket this weekend. Shout out Scotty Chef. My man four-putted the 18th hole and still won the Masters by three shows. That's all you need to know. He blew away the whole field. And for those of you saying, that was a boring Masters, boring that, boring – Go kick rocks. The Masters is always the best tournament every single year, and, and it was absolutely wonderful tournament. I had to work all weekend. Luckily, I'm sitting at registration. And I get to have it on my little phone through the Masters app. Awesome job by Sky Chef Tiger. Obviously, did not finish where he where he wanted, but he started in at first round minus one. That is crazy. Minus one for a guy who. Almost lost his legs about 13 months ago. A guy that barely walked, do any of that, and the man comes out there and shoots a, a, a one under par in his first round. He didn't end, obviously, the way he wanted to. The fatigue got to him, but still an absolutely incredible story by Tiger. But, yeah, Sky Sheffer, man of the year, or man, not man of the year, man of the weekend. The green jacket comes home. It felt like I almost put on my own green jacket by winning that $400 bet. Because, man, did that feel good. But either way... That's the Masters was the, one of the biggest stories of the weekend. It is almost every single year, whenever it's on. I love me. That's one term of the year for golf that I watched every single hit almost for all the top guys. And it, the tournament did not disappoint. So that's my center touch this week, Jimmy. We're going to hear from Jimmy here in a second. I'm um, talking about his teammate, that his former teammate that he lost, uh, Dwayne Haskins, here in a memorial. So uh, without further ado, let's jump into that. All right, bench warmers. This week, before we get into episode 80 of the podcast, and you guys hear Nico's center of attention, 
I uh, wanted to make sure that we have this. And uh, I also didn't want to steal center of attention away from Nico. Um, Saturday morning, there was some pretty tragic news. And um, yeah, I guess that's uh, that's kind of all the lead in that I have for this. Um, this, this piece that I, I put down earlier for the podcast is called Number Seven Always. Um, so back in 2015, in Arlington, Texas, I happened to be playing for USA football in their international bowl. We were going to be playing Canada at AT&T Stadium at the end of the week. It was my first international competition and my first international competition with USA football. Um, I was very lucky to get picked from the development camps and the regional camps, and I met some very cool teammates in my time with USA football. One of those teammates um, is, is now former and late quarterback of most recently of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Ohio State quarterback, Dwayne Haskins. Um, Dwayne was my quarterback when I played that first weekend in Arlington. Now, I, I was in an interesting place when, when I met Dwayne. I was just after my junior year of high school. I was not able to play. Uh, I transferred school, so I wasn't able to play varsity. I was relegated to JV for the season. That was going to be my main piece of film. So I was nervous. And that was one thing that I, I remember about Dwayne and one thing that I noticed right away. And one thing that you want in your quarterback all the time is that Dwayne never was nervous. Um, this was Dwayne before coming in in Michigan as a redshirt freshman for Ohio State in the Michigan-Ohio State game and leading them to a victory after JT Daniels got hurt. Not JT Daniels. Um, JT Barrett got hurt. And this was before the, the professional career, obviously, but he was still – you could tell the guy was special. He had the talent, he had the confidence, and he was one of the guys on the team that everybody could go to. I know that a lot of people that, that played with him a little bit longer than I have come out and, and made statements on how much of a, a friend, a good person, his smile was, was infectious. All of those things I echo with as much as I, much contact as I have with Dwayne Haskins. And reading that story Saturday morning, it was unexpected um and it's it's just one of those you know it's tough when when somebody that you have been personally with somebody who's the same age as you has a tragedy like that happen where he leaves behind his entire family both of his parents are still gonna have to go on without him he leaves behind now a widowed wife a widowed wife of 25 years of age. This was one of those terrible, terrible situations, especially for a guy like Dwayne, who I know had been taking a lot of, of ridicule for his professional career. But it did just, you know, I was talking to the coach that that, both, that recruited both of us into the USA football program. And it was one of those situations where Dwayne had been struggling for a long time, trying to get his footing in the NFL. And it seemed like he'd finally found the right place for him in Pittsburgh, found a great coaching staff with Mike Tomlin and, and those teammates. The, the amount of posts that the Steelers players had for Dwayne after just a season and a half of playing with him shows you the kind of character, the kind of teammate, the kind of leader, the kind of person he was. And it's going to be unfortunate that the world has to go on without being able to see what he's able to do. Um, and it's just one of those things, you know, that 
there has to be a bigger plan. But at, at this moment, it's a little bit difficult to see why. So got that out of the way before Nico gets his center of attention back. We'll obviously talk a little bit about it during the podcast as well. But that was one of the major news stories over the weekend, one of the worst news stories that we've had to cover on the far end of the bench podcast. And um, hopefully his family and his wife and people who see similar situations in their own lives are able to look back and see what Dwayne Haskins did in his very short time on this earth and what he was preparing to be able to do moving forward and uh, just hope that his family and, and everybody that is majorly affected by this has some some way to reach out some way to get through this because this isn't going to be an easy thing for anybody to get through and um, it's an unfortunate situation so dedication goes out to Dwayne Haskins and his family and um, hopefully you rest in, in peace and and you're able to find that solace that you were looking for while you were here uh, in, in your last few years in, in the NFL and on this earth um, and, and we're always going to remember you everybody who's played with you is always going to remember you so without further ado let's hear what Nico has to say for a center of attention and get into episode 80 of the podcast. Hey, what's up, bench warmers? Yep, the Masters did happen. That was one of the better things over the weekend. We, um, you guys just heard my my little. It was it was tough. I mean, my my little tribute to Dwayne Haskins. This well, we did dedicate a, this episode, episode eighty of the Far End of the Bench podcast with Jimmy Plato, Nico Bryant, to Dwayne and and his family. Um, there's been a couple times. I, I just a couple times where somebody that was like our age or somebody that we knew personally has, has actually passed. We've gone through some friends that, that were close, had some scares, but it's different when it actually does happen. And when you knew the person personally, it's a, it's a weird feeling to, to know that, you know, they're, they're unfortunately no longer going to have be able to continue on with, with what they were accomplishing. You think about all the, all the hard things that you have to go through, all the stuff that you do when you don't really want to. And now somebody that's your contemporary doesn't have the ability to even complain about doing, doing things that suck anymore. So yeah, that, that Dwayne Haskins story shook me up on Saturday morning. Oh, it absolutely, it absolutely did. When you, it, it, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and compare it to the Kobe's death or, or compare it to any of those things, but it definitely hits different for us, especially I mean, you played with him and for team USA and, 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 Considering the guy, the kid, I mean, look, was, he, he, he was an absolute fantastic player at Ohio State. And he was one, one of the best quarterbacks they've had in the last 20-plus years. And he just unfortunately didn't get it going in the NFL. But the man had a whole life ahead of him. It's very unfortunate that it happened. But, man, it's, it is what it is. Uh, rest in peace, Dwayne. Yeah, it's, it's good. I mean, it's heartening. It's, it's disheartening news, but it's a good thing to see all the posts from the players. Mike Tomlin came out and made a statement about it. Obviously, his time in Washington wasn't great, and it wasn't helped at all by some of the things that he was doing. In Pittsburgh, it seemed like everything was going a completely different direction. I know our former guest, Kendrick Green, had a lot of pictures that he posted over the weekend with Dwayne. And even guys like Cam Hayward, a guy that's been in Pittsburgh for 13 plus years, has built up that kind of reputation, took time to say something about Dwayne and, and the fact that he always had a smile on his face. And and I mentioned that in my my story, too, as one thing, like whether or not you think he was that great of a quarterback or, or that talented, the dude had quarterback confidence for sure. There was never 
when I played with him, it was coming off that junior season where I didn't get to play varsity because I transferred. And I was nervous going into that weekend game that we had against Canada with him because that was, that was going to be the most competition that I'd seen all season. And it was my first time playing international competition. And I go and I find Dwayne on the sidelines and dude's got the biggest smile on his face and just hundred percent knew what he was going to go out there and do. And it didn't go our way that weekend, but I can, you know, I can feel for especially his family and his teammates. Like that's a big loss for a guy, whether it's going to be impactful on the field for the team, if he was going to start or not, I do know he was on his way to train with a lot of the other guys on the Pittsburgh offense. So it's just, you know, that situation, not all the details have come out about it. I don't think that we need to touch on all the details. We don't need to make the comments that we saw a couple of media members make over the weekend that, that was in poor taste. I don't need to bring light to any of that, but it's a very tragic situation. And a guy that's 25 years old, only a quarter of his life that he lived is now, now gone in a, in a bad situation. So um, unfortunate, but like you mentioned, rest in peace to him. Hopefully his family is able to get through that because I, I have no clue how, how that situation is even handled. Uh, I guess I'm lucky in that, in that way, but um, it's, it's a crazy situation that happened. Um, Absolutely. The Masters, though, I, I was interested to see who you had your money on. I know that we, we didn't really talk a ton about it. We didn't have a Masters episode with Jeremy this this year. Um, Scott, Scotty, you had eyes on him throughout the whole thing, huh? So I, I, I did say last week I did throw $5 on Tiger to win because I wanted to be a part of the greatest story of all time, if it happened. I, I, I came in knowing that I probably going to lose that $5. But Scott Shuffer was the guy I was like, you know what? The website, we're not, we're not sponsored by them, so I, I'm not going to say their name. But the website I use for sports betting, they gave out a deal, $25 free bet. means you can bet on any Masters winner, and if he finishes top 10, you get your money back. And there was one name that automatically came to my mind. That was Scotty Scheffler. Scotty Scheffler, excuse me. The guy in the last 76 days has had two major wins and five top 10 finishes. The guy is on an absolute heater. Absolute heater. And he was the guy that was like, you know what? I think he's got a good shot at winning. I don't know if he's going to win, but I guarantee you finishes top 10. I win my money back. So I went into it like, like thinking – Man, I know I'm going to win my money. I just hope he holds on and I get the biggest payday ever. And, and, and man, it's – oh, the, the, there's, no, there's nothing like the, like, like the walking down 18th grade, seeing all the patrons. Yes, that's the correct term. Patrons of, uh, on 18th grade all walking, cheer, cheer you on as you walk up to the green. The Masters is a one-of-a-kind tournament that, look, as, as we both have gotten older – me especially, at one point, I thought golf was the most stupidest sport to, ever to watch, and now I'm fucking watching every shot of Masters like my life depends on it. And, look, Sky Shepherd, absolutely incredible all weekend. But let's give a shout-out to Roy McIlroy. One of the best rounds of golf I've ever seen at the end. If he did not, if he did not have a struggle the first day, and I think it was shoot plus four or plus six over, the man would have won easily. He shot at minus, minus, I think minus eight, or maybe it was a minus ten on the on the back of last eighteen. It was the man was on a mission. It just it was a little too much, little too little, or too little too late, unfortunately. And he did not was not able to recover. But excellent masters all around. The tournament that you almost start to think is built for a guy that you don't necessarily see coming. It's 
who can be the most consistent throughout the weekend. And this weekend was a testament to that because the weather was so crazy here and people that were there, it was sunny and and okay. The first day windy and cold, like the the Southern humid cold the second day. And then I, I, I'll be honest with you after Friday and and the the national championship for hockey was on, I didn't necessarily pay attention to the ending of it, Uh, but it was kind of like you played three different tournaments playing the same course. And after Tiger dominated in his first master's win, they've almost made that course impossible to not have one bad day on. Your mic's up. It's the course that you have to just consistently just come, come in and just shoot. A consistent under par. I think Sky Shuffer actually, I took that back with his with his double bogey on eighteen, kind of fucked us over. But uh, he, uh, up until eighteen, it would have been the first uh, Masters winner to shoot under par in every single round since I think Tiger in like 03. Obviously, he didn't get there because the guy four putted the last hole, last last hole, and it didn't matter anyways. I thought that was hilarious. All of us. Would love the four putt for the, for the green jacket. Just the, and you could tell he, he started cracking up when he started missing them because he was like, oh, I'm really going to do this. I, I, he only won by two strokes, could have won by four. It was just, it, it was hilarious. Get the pressure off of himself. Are, are oh, you, yeah. so there's two major stories that I've been hearing coming out of the Masters. Are you a fan of the Dude Perfect gate? They screwed up the course by their video that they did with Bryson going into the weekend, and that's why everybody had a bad day. That's one conspiracy going around. Um, I, don't, I don't know if I believe that. All I know is Bryson at the Masters almost always pick him to miss the cut. Because, man, that's three straight Masters for missing the cut. You cannot beat Augusta mathematically. That's No, he, he, can hit, he can hit the ball far. But not accurately. There's a difference. Yeah. And, and, that, and, and Augusta is one of those courses that if you're not accurate, you're really screwed. Yeah. There's the fact that you can hit the ball 400 yards does not mean a single thing. You're going to end up in the trees. And Bryson, Bryson's enough of a head case that that's going to destroy Absolutely. him every single time. So that was bad. The Tiger thing was crazy. I didn't realize he had his foot reattached. You know uh, that? He, he had his foot reattached the uh, – Los Angeles Highway Patrol officers that found the car, the first thing that they said was, he's lucky to be alive. And he finished. They had, a jaw, they, had to have, they had to have the jaws of life to get him out of that car. I remember reading that story thinking, man, this is the last time we may ever, we may, he, last time we've ever seen him play golf. Like, it's crazy. And here he is 13 months later, man. Yeah, crazy. the only thing, the only way he lost was the fact that he's bald and won't, won't admit it. Uh, <clears throat> he should just commit, commit to something. The, the hair right now. Say I felt the same way when he had the, the got arrested uh, a couple of years ago and the mugshot came through. It's like, dude, just just let it go. Yeah, all he, the great ones get there at some point. You just gotta you gotta embrace it. Steve Austin started with hair. Look what that that guy did. Steve Austin, Jordan, uh, Shaq. Like we can go on and on with this list of Gretzky still has hair. That's the one outlier here. But everyone else, all the best of all time, of all just done bucket. All or uh, Mike Tyson. Like come on, yeah. Floyd. Yeah. Like, everybody. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the only reason that. Baldness hasn't gotten after Gretzky as it doesn't want to deal with Semenko if he if he takes yeah, a run at him. No. So he doesn't want to deal with any of Gretz's enforcers. Um, anything anything else at the – oh, the other thing at the Masters. Let's – oh, no, those are the two major stories. Tiger finishing the tournament was, was huge because people not, were – Yeah, the dude has not ever missed the cut. No. That, that, like that is just – 
crazy. And I, crazy. I don't think people, especially people in our generation, understand how dominant his first Masters win was. The dude was, we talk about Scotty Scheffler being able to four putt 18 and still win. Tiger walked in on Sunday morning with a six stroke lead and then finished that day with an 18 stroke, 18 stroke lead. Yeah, it's unreal. But dude was unreal back in the day. Like I said, there's, I, I, I was trying to think of this the past week because I know I said it last week. I was like, Tiger is, is one of the few guys where a sport that has a middle of the road type of viewership automatically becomes a must watch TV. And Tiger is, is that person. You think of Michael Phelps Olympics, you think um, uh, Mike, Mike Tyson, Muhammad Ali, Tiger Woods is in that conversation. I know it's weird to think a golfer does that, but he, he's not a, he's not a needle mover. He is the needle. Mm-hmm. He is the guy that everybody comes and watches and tries to see. It doesn't matter if he shoots a plus 10 on the last day, like he almost did. Like it, it's, he, he will do whatever he needs. I, I, even back in that uh, Masters that they did in the, in the fall after COVID shut them down and he was in there, I, I remember seeing him, you know, he, he does struggle sometimes, but he was still in it and still competing. And I watched the Masters. That's what that's my gauge. If I'm watching golf because of Tiger, that's that's huge. And I honestly I don't necessarily think that the viewership was great for this tournament, but it's going to look bad because. When Tiger's on, the viewership is going to spike, and when he's not, the viewership is going to drop to where it kind of normally is. I really don't see the Colin Morikawa's, and there's some guys that that have some name recognition, but until uh, Tiger's son gets onto the tour, I think golf is going to be having to readjust their mean for for viewership, especially. I think that Tiger's going to continue to play, but – it's, it's not, not going to be at the same pace. It's not going to be as long as we all thought. It's not going to be at the same pace. It's not going to be as long as we all thought. No shot. Yeah. Uh, a guy that has great pace and a guy that you're wearing the jersey of. We're, we'll get to the playoffs here in a second. But uh, he is one of one. One, one of, of one. One, one of one. There's They've been playing NBA basketball for 75 years. And he's the only person to 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 be in this club. Explain what club he, Jokic joined. 2,000 points. Uh, uh, or it's not 2,000. Yeah, 2,000, 1,005. Yeah, 1,000 points, 1,000 rebounds, and 5,000 assists. No one has done that in history. 500 assists, sorry. No one has ever touched that. Like, like there's been people that have hit 2,300, 800, and and 300. But no one has had those three statistics consistently. That is is 20, 10, and 5 for a 100-game spam, even though, yes, they play 82. But that stat... For every single game plus more, more like it's just insane. This this guy, it's 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 crazy. All it's crazy. We can play the what ifs game. What if we were healthy? What if this and that? It's no what ifs around Nicole Jokic. It's whoever's on the floor. We're gonna figure it out. We're gonna we're gonna. I'm gonna elevate everyone on the floor, and I'm gonna give us a shot to win every night. It doesn't matter if we're playing. The Warriors doesn't matter if we're playing the Suns, doesn't matter if it's Milwaukee, Miami, who, whoever it is. They always they always have a shot because of one five. And he it's it's funny, like he doesn't care. He doesn't care at all. It, it's 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 He'd rather not be recognized at all. 
He'd rather just no interviews. He'd rather just show up to the arena on game days and practices, and that's it. That's that's what he would prefer. It's hilarious watching all the Philly members just cry about one well, main main player. He's the first center to lead the league in, po- in points and everything else. Blah blah blah. It's cute. It's really cute. You're gonna lose the award to a guy who doesn't give a fuck. Who doesn't care? How does that make you feel? That must suck, huh? That must really suck. You're gonna lose to a, lose the lose your only trophy you have you have ever won in the last fucking fifty years to a guy who doesn't care about it. That's enough said. <laughs> it's done too without two max players, and the fact that he got to five hundred assists and that wasn't even the stretch that he was getting to this season. He's been the Nuggets' offense. Mm-hmm. He's had to score. 25 a night just to make sure that they stay in the game and usually he gets them up to a 25 point lead when he goes and takes his break and then comes back he's back to an even game so it's not like he's playing on the golden state warriors with steph curry kevin durant clay thompson all those guys this is the i can't was it memphis that he did it against or was yeah, it uh, yeah no he did it against memphis obviously and, memphis has been sitting everybody for the last two weeks so but, it's not but, like we're playing job but still in that game they were triple teaming him when it was he had two points to go and there was a stretch where he was triple team and double teamed which is fine because he's just going to dish to everybody else that's open they were they did everything that they could to not let him get that two-point streak and and maybe miss out on it for the rest of the season because if they win that game they clinch their playoff berth so there was a talk of whether or not he'd even play on Sunday to get the record or be dressed out and he did it facing triple teams he did it a game before the end of the season, and he did it also missing a stretch of the season with a wrist injury. So it, he didn't was, even was, play all 82. It was so, so important that he did it. He did it on Thursday because the Sunday game, he didn't have to see the floor. He was dripped up with a nice suit. It was perfect scenario. Did not have to worry about that at all. And then you look at, you look at, you look at around the league, like, like, Luca, for instance, he played the last game of the year. He has a right calf strain. He's going to miss time in the first round against a good Utah team. Like, like that's huge. Getting, getting him the record, sitting him for that last game, sitting AG with the drippy old school Nuggets jacket, and sitting all those guys is bigger than we all think. Like, like we're talking about a scenario where – we're as healthy as we're going to be. I, I know that says that's, that's not saying a whole lot, but as healthy outside of two guys as we can be going into the playoffs. And you face, you, you avoid Phoenix completely. If you win the first round series, you get to go play a, a Golden State team whose Steph hasn't even confirmed if he's playing or not. And then, and then, Oh my god! I'm saying my over. Oh fuck! Sorry, I'm I'm watching this Cavs game and I missed my over by three and a half points, and they just chucked up a three. Never mind. But you you avoid all that. You face a Warriors team that's staff is supposed to be day to day, but he's probably going to play. And a banged up team that doesn't have a big. That this is this is this has twenty thirteen Denver Nuggets Golden State Warriors vibes all over again. People forget before the Warriors were a dynasty, we got them there. The Denver Nuggets, who were a three seed the year or two years after Melo left, with Gallinari, Nene, or sorry, Gallinari, Javale McGee, and company got got to a three seed. And George Carl goal, too. That was George Carl's coach George, of the year. George season. Carl's last year coaching ever, and we we get to the three seed. We we uh, 
We, and then we get our asses kicked by the brand new Golden State Warriors. Well, it's time to flip the script. It's time to show you, show the world, Nuggets fan or Denver Nuggets, that we we can be dominant and we can get to where we are. And let's just hope that one five can get us there. And if twenty seven and one are available, that'd be nice. It was funny today. I was scrolling through Instagram, and the Nuggets had two pictures today. I forgot what Jamal Murray and Michael Porter looked like in jerseys. Because they have on jerseys that, that, that are only special for NBA 75 this year. I was like, holy fuck. This is good in a jersey. Damn. Dude, that, those oh, guys look I like they can that. play. Those guys that. look like Damn. they know how to play basketball. Oh. <laughs> They're not fans. Oh, yeah. I was I was uh, mixing up Spike Lee and Jamal Murray there for a stretch of the season. I couldn't tell who was the super fan and who was actually on the roster for their <laughs> respective teams. Um, one thing that I, I did think of. We talked about Bones last week. I've been hearing a lot about Bones throughout the rest of Denver media. We're not going to hear it nationally because the people in Denver can't watch the Nuggets games. Why the hell would ESPN show the Nuggets? Or anyone else do that, yeah. So that that makes sense why Bones isn't as, as talked about as much. But if Jamal Murray and MPJ aren't hurt, do you think we see this growth from MPJ? Or do we think maybe we see another Bull Bull situation where he just doesn't have the time to, to progress? You're definitely talking about Bones here instead of MPJ. But, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't think we do. Because you got to think, look, the rotation completely changed. If Jamal was there, Monte is the second point guard off the bench. And you got to think, down the stretch in the playoffs, or Malone would definitely go to Austin Rivers or definitely go to a guy, a guy like Brent Forbes we just traded for, if Jamal Vernon was fully healthy. And people forget Faku was the starting point guard on our playoff team last year. Monty was hurt in that first series. And people forget. And look, I hate I, – I don't hate Faku, but I'm not the biggest fan of Faku anymore because of his little shenanigans and his idiocy. But, man, this this team is very, very deep. And, and it's a kudos to the coaching staff and Tim Connolly because Tim Connolly plans a goddamn gem every single year. Every single year, Zeke Naji, uh, talk about R.J. Hampton, who, who got big-time minutes on Orlando. Look, Orlando sucks, but still big-time minutes on our NBA team. And then you got Bones, who's, who's stepped right in and does not know better and just does whatever the hell he wants. This team doesn't miss on draft picks. It doesn't. It don't miss. Uh, Bones needs to be all-rookie team. I'm not saying he should be all-rookie first team. Because you look at the list of the names, on uh, all rookie first team, the Evan Mobley's, Cade Cunningham, Scotty, Scotty, uh, Scotty Barnes is of the world. Those dudes deserve first team recognition. Bones should be on the second team though. I think that he's had one of the better rookie seasons of a guy that wasn't expected to do. He wasn't expected to be in this role. Oh, even if, even if it's uh, just Jamal Murray hurt and MPJ was able to play. I still don't think that we get the same kind of looks that we've been seeing for Bones Island, which is it's great for him. And now if the Nuggets, we'll talk about the NBA playoffs in depth coming up here later on in the episode. I have one more topic before we get there. But if the Nuggets are able to put together a good showing in these playoffs, everybody in the NBA, whether the fans agree with it or not, every executive in the NBA is going to look at what the Denver Nuggets do and realize, oh, shit, they got two max players possibly coming back for next season. And we – the Golden State Warriors couldn't or, handle them in the or, first round. Or, or round two. Shh, we're keeping them low, because it may not happen. Round two, Jimmy. I'll take it. Yeah. Uh, before we get into our, our deep playoff discussion, I do want to talk a little bit about the MLB, because the Rockies 
Had a good weekend. We're not bad. We they won a series. We, now, we won our first ever home – or not first ever. First home series against the Dodgers in three years. How about that? And look, this, this, this like, it's four games. I'm not going to – it's fool's gold, 100%. Oh, there's, so many, you, there's so many flaws even in just this past weekend. Like the, the, the game Saturday where you pull Marquez after he went seven innings, gave up one earned run and three hits, and then you give up the lead that you have. Like the dude doesn't even get the win. He's taken off of the scorebook entirely just as the guy who started the game. But Black doesn't need to pull Herman Marquez there unless Marquez gives up another run. So – this team, I I honestly think this team has heard enough about how shitty they are that the players don't care. I still oh, think they don't. I think that Bud Black just doesn't know what he's doing at this point. I, look, and look, this lineup, and it's not it's not what we see in LA. Don't get me wrong, but it's not a terrible lineup. You have like you have pop from your bat from at least. Eight guys, seven or eight guys every night. Chris Bryant's got pop. Ryan McMahon, we know, has pop. Connor Joe, goddamn Joe, got pop. Um, Brennan Rogers has great pop for a same basement. The only mm-hmm. pop where you're missing probably is catcher and then Iglesias over there at shortstop. But it's 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 not bad. Like I said, no. it's not bad. She's like, Crow got pop. There's a, this team knows what it needs to do. Fucking yeah. hit the get the ball, square it up, and get it over the fence because that's how you're going to win ball games, especially right. at Coors Field. And they finally figured it out how to how to at least try to be good. But my God, this pitching staff is still going to be death for this team. So we'll see. It's fun while it will be fun while it lasts. Yeah, after Marquez, I don't know what pitcher you can look to to consistently get a win. Like Sensatella and Freeland can pick you up one here and there against the other teams second or third starters, but the fourth and fifth guys, no, not good. I, I honestly, I would probably Rounder, go with a bullpen maybe. approach. That's, yeah. the, that's the key piece from there on out, right? Ooh. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Here's the, yeah. here's the other good thing. Daniel Bard looks like he shook off whatever was affecting him last season, and he's actually looking like a, a solid closer like we saw back in, in the 2020 season, the 2019-2020 the season. So Daniel Bard at closer, if he's able to be better, this lineup can get leads. It was really the bullpen that screwed them last year because they couldn't hold on to a lead. Yeah, every it, single year. It's not just last year. It's, yeah, I, it's the revolving door of what dumbass pitcher are we going to call out of the pen next? Right. No, when I did my episode with Christian, I had to break the news to him that the Rockies in their entire franchise history have never won the division. He yeah, did not. Yeah, he did not back, know that. Back, back to back to back to back to back to back NL West participants. Yeah. 20, <laughs> 27 years now. Wow. Yeah. Even in October, we were the wild card. People forget. We were the wild card, and we got into the playoffs on an extra last game. game on 163. Yeah, yeah. It, it's uh, we're just gonna we're just gonna ride this wave with the Rockies. By the time that they're out of the playoff picture, we'll just make sure that we forget about them entirely. But for now, it's fun because they're above 500. Time. Now it's a good time. And now, even, I, yeah. Even though they did blow two run lead on opening day, I'm not bitter about it. I'm not bitter about it's, it. It's one game. We're, we're, three, we're three and one, about three, four and one, knock on wood, that they beat the Rangers as we're recording this. The NBA playoffs, while well, the play-in tournament is underway, this they don't count this as the playoffs because LeBron would probably throw a fit and the NBA will do whatever LeBron says. He's not participating, so who gives a shit? It's the playoffs. Playoff time for the NBA, and we had our first of the two playing games, uh, the 7-8 matchups that, that happened as we were recording this. You heard Nico missed his over and, and – uh, my 
one of my teams that I thought was going going to go on a slight run now has to win one game to even make the make the the bracket. Um, but we have all of the play in matchups set. We have the first round of the playoffs set, and it's it's shaping up to be. It could be the same exact matchup that we see that we saw from last year, but it also could be a, a moment where a team gets hot and makes a, a surprise run. Because I don't think there's one team on either side. Maybe Phoenix. Phoenix might be the only team that you think it's going to take a hell of an effort to beat those guys in the Eastern conference from one to four, they all finished this regular season with the same record or two to four. I think all finished with the same record. And we just saw in the play in matchup, it's going to be kind of wild. It's going to be it's difficult to predict. It's going to be an absolute war. If there is legit. I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic, but I think there is two or three teams in the West that can win it all. And the East I think has, has, Four dogs or four or five guys. Miami got a shot. Philly, I don't think has a shot because they're fucking over it as shit. We we have all the Philly slander in the world over here because Embiid is Embiid is the second best player in the world. And then and then and then Boston was red hot at the end of the season. And then you have the good old seven seed Brooklyn Nets with Kyrie and KD and possibly Ben Simmons. I mean, <laughs> is that going to help or hurt them? I think it's going to hurt them. Uh, I'm a, I'm, I don't think it will hurt them because KD is a much, much different player to play with. And Kyrie is much – those guys are ball dominant. Joel Embiid needs the ball in the post, and that's it. Ben Simmons was forced to bring the ball before. He doesn't have to have the ball in his hands. So if he comes back, it's play a different defense story. and rebound, big guy. That's all we need from you. And oh, don't sorry. think about taking a shot, but we knew you weren't going to take a shot anyways. Um, so we'll we'll do a little bit. We'll we'll preview some of the play-in matchups. We'll do a full NBA playoff prediction, all three rounds plus the finals. That'll be an exclusive video dropping on our YouTube channel. So be sure to subscribe over there if you haven't. But uh, right now we'll just kind of the first play-in game, the the Cavs and Nets for the seven seed in the East. So the way that the play-in tournament works, because I'm sure there's still people like me that don't quite understand it. You play the seven-eight game, and then the loser of the 7-8 game has to play the winner of the 9-10 the game, right? Yeah, so the 7-8 game, so Brooklyn won, as, I mean, we're recording this as the beginning of the Minnesota Clippers game starting. So mm-hmm. Brooklyn won, so they're automatically the seventh seed. The, the, and, and Cleveland now has to win one more game against the winner of Charlotte and um, Atlanta. Atlanta, which Trey Young in, in this time of the year is not – tough to see and then who knows what charlotte's gonna who charlotte is gonna look like so that's no easy walk in the park a team in cleveland that was a five four four five seed at one point could easily drop out we saw it last year golden state was a seven no they're the eight seed they were the eight seed they they go on go to la they lose a seven eight game and then they lose to memphis and memphis gets the eight seed obviously memphis is a little bit different team now the last year rob memphis goes and gold state beats them moves on to the playoffs not it's a it's a brilliant idea because it's one game door dies like it's what you love to see and that brooklyn nets game or the brooklyn nets game and cleveland game Cleveland is badly missing Jared Allen. Jared Allen was an all-star this year. Him not playing is a huge, huge, huge blow because you can tell Brooklyn was just crashing the absolute hell out of the boards, and it was just completely night and day what they were doing. Look, Evan Mobley stud, Lori Markman, mediocre. But without Jared Allen in the middle of the team, it's a completely different story. And Cleveland, I'm a little worried for them, very, very worried for them. If I was a Cavalier fan, 
what we're going to see out of that, that Atlanta versus, uh, versus a Charlotte game on Wednesday night t- tonight as you're listening to this could be possibly the eighth seed. And who knows? That, that may be a nightmare matchup for Miami um, as the eighth seed. If you're Miami, you probably want Cleveland to win because I don't want to play Trey Young during this time of year. And Charlotte, I don't know if I want to play LaMelo either. Like, it's, it's weird. Yeah, I think uh, Boston too. Boston fans are probably upset that Brooklyn oh, ended up beating Cleveland. Yeah, just because that was going to be their – they were going to have to go through Brooklyn more, more than likely sometime in the playoffs, but now it's round one. And mentioning Ben Simmons coming back, I, I can make all the jokes that I want, that the dude can't shoot, that I have a better shooting percentage than him. He's going to be a different presence. And Boston, I don't – I don't have faith in the Celtics, honestly. I've never had really had faith in the Celtics after they lost their big three. And even when they had their big three, it wasn't always like other big threes like Miami. I was thinking that the Heat, when they had LeBron, Bosch, and, and D. Wade were always going to be in the mix. And with, you know, these guys, I, I'm not quite sure if I see it with Boston. Tatum and Jalen Brown are, are are just absolutely incredible ball players. But the one the one thing that has really hurt this team in the last couple of weeks, because look, they were red hot. They didn't won, I don't know how many games to get to the two seed. But losing Robert Williams, their big man in the middle, that was a massive blow. Al Horford has now been starting games for them. That is not someone who should be starting playoff games as a number two seed anymore. He was at one point. Don't get me wrong, he was at one point. But Al Horford, 38-year-old ass, not going to work for very long and Boston man it was so weird game 82 on Sunday it was Boston Milwaukee and Philadelphia Boston was a tough scenario because Boston they 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 had to win they were in a must win now mode because Milwaukee tanked they said no we're not playing everybody so they grabbed the three seats so that they got to pair up with uh well that was Chicago who they dominated all year and the two seed Boston, they had to win. If Boston would have lost on last game of the year, they would have dropped to the four seed, and they would have had to play Toronto, which I'll get to here in a moment. And Philly would have jumped to the two seed because of the tiebreakers. But Toronto is a weird scenario because unvaccinated players can't go to Toronto, and Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are not vaccinated. So they had to win. So now they're here stuck. It was either Brooklyn or beat Toronto with nobody. <laughs> so it's, it's pick your poison here. So Boston is, I guess, the best spot they can be. But, man, talk about a nightmare situation for Boston. Yeah, I, real quickly, let's go ahead and, and we'll, as the, the standings finished, we'll run down the top six in each conference and then the play-in teams. The other play-in game for the Western Conference, it's Minnesota and uh, Los Angeles now, and then tomorrow it's New Orleans versus San Antonio. Popovich Popovich will do one thing, and he'll at least give you the opportunity to make the playoffs in some form or fashion. He will give your chance a shot, team a chance a shot. Uh, He will give your team a shot, and that's all you can ask for from from Pop. And look – Every single year, year in, year out, Popovich comes to work and gets a team of nobodies in a position where they can either make the playoffs and they'll be entitled contention. Yeah. Like, like DeJounte Murray, I love – he's a great ball player. But, man, this this fucking team of Yaka Pertle as their starting center, I, I think they could give a good run. They could. if if Because if, I, I don't know what to think of this Boston Clippers – or, sorry, not Boston, Minnesota Clippers game because I think both teams are – Little overrated, in my opinion. Minnesota is very, very young. Clippers are eh. 
But San Antonio could surprisingly sneak up, and I don't think New Orleans has it, so I'm not worried about that. But I don't, I, I don't think they could sneak up and give one of these two teams that went for the money for that eighth seed. Yeah, I mean, San Antonio gave Denver a hell of a matchup in the first round when we were uh, two seed, I, I want to say. We were two, two seed three, that Yeah, I think it was a two seed, and they were seven seed. They're all, if they're in playing you in the playoffs, Pop's going to have something for you. But the other playoff teams in the Western Conference, one seed and the number one seed overall in the NBA, Phoenix, uh, They've just dominated. They've been on a mission ever since Milwaukee won the championship last season. Uh, Two seed is Memphis behind John Morant having a hell of a year. Three seeds, Golden State. We mentioned them. They'll be playing the Nuggets, who are the six seed. And then Dallas and Utah. Dallas the four, Utah the five. That's interesting to me only because I've been seeing Utah up around the two, three range. And then they fell off way down the stretch. So are we almost won the division at one point against them? They almost dropped to the 60, which I'm glad we didn't because I would not have liked to play Mem- or play to Memphis or sorry, Phoenix in the second round if we get to that point. But mm-hmm. man, Utah fell off the face of the earth. And there's there's rumors swirling that Gobert's gonna be out, Donald Mitchell's gonna be out, Quinn Snyder, who's one of the best young coaches in the league, may go take the job in San Antonio when Popovich retires because Snyder is a Duke guy and and he 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 was a uh, Popovich basically right right or uh, under man, right, right hand man for a lot of years in San Antonio, and he they're thinking he he could be that guy to to take over for Pop, and Utah man, they may may have lucked out with Dallas in the first round because of the injury to Luca, but they're gonna get a rude awakening if they play Phoenix in the second round. That's all I'll say. That kind of a mini rivalry. I remember them. They've been playing each other in the playoffs for the past few seasons. It it feels like. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's it's been hot and cold with those two teams. They always if anybody cared top. about the Clippers, it might be a rivalry, I guess. Yeah, that's true. That, that's very very true. Because uh, yeah, no one cares about the Clippers. No one does. For uh, the Eastern Conference, Miami stole the one seed. Then we have Boston, Milwaukee, Philly, all right there at fifty-one and thirty-one on the season for the the two, three, four. Toronto is the five seed, and then Chicago rounds out at the sixth. Chicago. It, we were all waiting for that bubble to burst, and it burst. And did, uh, DeMar DeRozan was MVP, remember? Everybody remembers that. When DeMar he was the DeRozan, MVP, he also break. That shit fell off real quick, didn't it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and now, is Caruso playing or is Caruso hurt? He, he's been in and out of the lineup. I'm pretty sure he'll be a go, though, um, for a play or for the, for the playoffs. But that's a Milwaukee is going to fucking tear, an ass, tear their asshole open. No, that's really bad to say, I know. But it's, it's going to be that bad because there isn't a soul. DeMar DeRozan is a good ball player. He's not stopping 3-4. He's not stopping Giannis at full speed. And you think that, that fucking uh, Patrick Williams is going to be able to stop him? Well, just hell no. And Middleton starts getting hot. You throw triple teams, double teams. Talk about one, one of the most hated players in college basketball history, Grayson Allen, coming off the bench. Against a team that fucking he injured Caruso, talk about some blow swings gonna happen. We we this is this series is must watch. That series is gonna be they're gonna boo the hell out of Grayson Allen. We may see some not punches thrown, but some shoves to be thrown and some technicals in this series. I'm guaranteeing it. Milwaukee is one of those teams. I just remembering back to their run last season. Their defense is what kills other teams like nobody the nba doesn't play defense but milwaukee played a lot of defense last last They're year suffocating. They, they suffocate you they make you feel uncomfortable the whole game the whole entire game Giannis, milton drew holly especially he will lock up the opposing team's guard for 48 minutes and do it with ease 
Like this team just suffocates you. That's a big, big kudos to Mike Budenholzer, who has done an absolutely excellent job for them. But yeah, it's this this defense is just suffocating. Another guy, a part of the Popovich coaching tree, Budenholzer. So, looking at the Eastern and Western Conference right now, you mentioned that there's a few teams you you think. I don't want to get into predictions because our video coming out on Friday on our on our YouTube is going to be all of our predictions. Give me one sleeper. Give me somebody that you think is is gonna that could show up and lead his team because the NBA we mentioned it. If you have one guy that gets hot, that could be dangerous, especially in a playoff run when you, you got to play. But the series kind of evens things out. Is there a team? Is there a player that you think can maybe steal this NBA playoffs? Oh man, I'm gonna eat my words for saying this because Jeremy and I just go at one another for fucking months on end about the Heat and about the Nuggets and about all that. But I'm gonna go with uh, go with a sleeper here, real real sleeper, Kyle Lowry. It's Kyle Lowry slash Victor Oladipo. I'll pull those two in together because we saw what Jimmy and Bam could do. Kyle Lowry is a champion, a champion with Toronto. Knows how to get his team in the long run. And you look at what Miami's gonna face. Eight seed. Probably going to run through them unless maybe Atlanta shocks the world, but I'm probably going to run through them. Four or five seed? Miami fucking owns uh, – Jimmy Butler owns Joel Embiid. And then unless – unless because oh, Miami, I'm pretty sure, is fully vaccinated. So they're one of the teams that doesn't care if they play Toronto. So they go play Toronto. I think they run through them. And then it's, a, it's Kyle Lowry against his former team. It's it's one against another. Kyle Lowry I could, could make a lot of noise and lead this team back to the Eastern Conference Finals for the first time in two years – and it's a team that, that that's scary. They are they are they are scary because they're flying under the radar completely. Number one seed, and, and no one is picking them to win the East. Everyone is on Boston, Milwaukee, or or uh, or, or even Brooklyn ahead of them. And they're the number one seed in the East, and they could with, with one of the best. I would say the second best coach in the league behind Popovich and Eric Spolstra. And you are, you have a good shot with this team that is hungry and getting healthy at the right time. I would not be surprised if Miami made a little bit of run and I lose some money to Jeremy because I bet him that the Nuggets would have more playoff wins than the Miami Heat. So I guess we'll see. Uh, well, I, I wasn't aware of that. That's where your degenerate sports gambler came in there. That was I don't know how. how I, 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 that I, I thought they were going to play Brooklyn in the first round. If I'm going to be honest, yeah, no, yeah. I thought there was a closer chance of that happening. So I threw that bet when that was happening. So makes, that's, makes it's all right. I, I, I'm four hundred dollars in the positive right now. I think fifty dollars is going to be okay. Yeah, well, that that, also, that helps when it's not as much of a, a of a hurt. Real quickly before we get into the break, I know that you love taking the chance when you can. You get to take shots at the Lakers now because Frank Vogel was fired. Everything on ESPN, anything NBA-wise, who gives a shit about the play-in games? Did LeBron get Frank Vogel fired? From what I see, the headline on ESPN.com was Frank Vogel fired, time for a new voice. Frank Vogel wasn't the coach of the Lakers for that long, right? His first year was the bubble year, the, 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 the year before. His first year he won the ring. I guess it was two, three years. It's a little bit longer for your voice to get stale, though. Like, oh. We were talking about that with Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll, who've been together for 10 years. LeBron couldn't it, handle one coach for three. 
it, it shows how how strong and true that that Spolstro and how good a coach he was in Miami. Because think about Cleveland, uh, uh, David Black fucking gone. Ty Lue was gone after after LeBron left. He, he um, talk about those early Cleveland days. Mike Brown, Mike D'Antoni at one point. He's gone through the fucking ringer of coaches because he is the coach. And if things are going well, it's. My bye, it's out, out the door. And this the coach, team. GM, Grand Poobah of all things basketball. Oh, and also the star player. It's 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 run everything runs through LeBron and the Lakers. And it's hilarious watching guys. Everybody points a finger at someone. Russell Westbrook did not take ownership at all for the fact that he didn't fucking do anything at all this year. He said Vogel must have not liked me. I don't know. And and, and did not take ownership for his bad shots, turnovers, whatever it may be. And then you have LeBron, who who April Fool's joke was, I'm shut down for the year. In reality, he really was. AD can't play more than two weeks without injuring his right, his baby toe on his right foot. So this Lakers team, I hope they run it back. I really do. I hope they run it back. Because it will be news to my ears watching that fat, uh, lame-ass team trot out there with no first-round pick either and just get absolutely demolished ever, again throughout the whole year because that Lakers team is so, so overrated. You got to think that they're going to make some sort of a splash, but I honestly don't even know who's out there the to assets. make a splash. That, that have, too. They don't have the assets. It's right now, the only way they make a move is by dumping Westbrook's contract to one of these trash teams like Charlotte, Indiana, for picks or guys on the end of the bench. Because you you don't have the Kuzmas, the, the, the Brandon Ingrams, the Josh Harts of the world where you can just ship off anymore. You did that already. You bought all in. This is the Rams, but the Rams haven't got there yet. They get rid of all their picks, all their assets, and said, fuck it. Give me two years from one of these star players, and we'll go from there. And that's what you got out of Lakers. Look, you got a ring, and it's a bubble ring. It's a Mickey Mouse ring. But, man, it's not sustainable. Westbrook trading trading Kuzma, KCP, Montrose Harold to Washington may have been the worst deal they could have made all year. It's really strange how this all came. I thought that it was at least going to take a year after they blew everything up for it to all come crashing down. We're expecting this from from them next year. I I don't know. If they trot out that same roster, we're going to start seeing games like the Globetrotters versus the Generals. Anybody who plays the Lakers is just going to get all all of anything that they want. I, I could see them, if they run it back with the same roster, whoever is the head coach, I could see them maybe winning 30 games. But that would be yeah. on the high, high end. because And they, they think that they're going to go get fucking – they're going to steal Dick Nurse from Toronto or they're going to go steal Quinn Sire from Utah. Neither of those guys want to go coach for that trash-ass team with a bunch of fucking cancer, cancerous fans, but cancerous fucking team. They don't want to go leave a situation, Toronto, where you can fucking be a top-five seed every single year with a bunch of just random no-names, no still be contenders, or a situation in Utah where everyone's probably going to leave, but if you're Dan Snyder, why the fuck would you not go to San Antonio, back to San Antonio, and be be the next next pop? Like, they don't – there's so many other places. The Lakers are going to uh, – I'll say the second worst job opening outside the Kings because the Kings are fucking basketball poverty, and there's basketball hell in, in Sacramento. So they're the second worst job outside of the Kings. But, man, it's – I love it. I, I love it. I, I love every second of it. Yeah. Uh, they – LeBron is their biggest asset and also their biggest cancer right now, because, you know, as a head coach, if you go in there, you know that you're going to be the scapegoat if nothing goes right. It's been proven. That's LeBron's track record. If you don't get him to where he wants to go, he's going to get rid of you. 
whether, whether it's right, wrong, or indifferent, whether it's, it's the way things should go, whether he's even that good of a player anymore. Cause I don't think when he's fully healthy, I don't see him as the number one player in the world right now. Well, I get it. I get he's it. He's not, not saying, the number one player in the world. I'll pump the brakes on him not being an all-star. He is. He is I didn't a, say, not, all, I didn't say yeah. not an all-star. I didn't he's say not, not an all-star, but he's, he's not, not a guy anymore. He's but. not LeBron is LeBron anymore. He might and be he LeBron. should be. He's 30 fucking eight. Yes. This is supposed to be Anthony Davis's team. The motherfucker can't stay on the court for more than two weeks. This is not on LeBron at all. This is the fact that no one else in the team can fucking do anything. And LeBron is just asking too much of, of everybody else. And he's realizing they're not built like him. They're not. Anthony Davis is a fucking little piece of paper that I can rip in half that easily. With it, and he'll be out for fucking a month. Like, it's... AD is the reason why basketball players get a bad rap in high school. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> uh, all right, let's go ahead. We'll get into the break. Like I mentioned, subscribe to our YouTube channel. We'll have our full NBA playoff predictions coming out on Friday. When we come back from the break, we have uh, uh, some segments to get to and then also some hockey to discuss because we did Eastern Conference playoffs last week. We'll talk about the Western Conference playoffs plus the national championship in hockey and finish out episode 80 of the Far End of the Bench with Jimmy Pilato and Nico Bryant. Welcome back, Bench Warmers. Episode 80 of the Far End of the Bench podcast, Jimmy Pilato, Nico Bryant. We just uh, previewed slightly our NBA playoff predictions. We'll, we'll have that full video that's going to drop as a YouTube exclusive on Friday. So be sure to subscribe there. Um, and we'll, we'll have plenty of great things to discuss. But before we get to that, hockey. Hockey still has a little bit of the regular season left, so not quite as urgent. As... It feels like it should be done because basically the off season is done. Regular season, at least, yeah. that is. Yeah. Because they... no one cares about the last 10 games or whatever it is. Well, the Avalanche would have been able to lose their last 16 games in overtime and still have the number one seed in the Western Conference. So who can blame them for not necessarily taking it as, as seriously, even though they're still playing playoff teams and still winning? And that game against Edmonton last weekend, holy shit. Darcy Kemper's that dude. He's, he's a bad man. Yeah. No, no goals. Those two teams scored no goals in regulation. In overtime. They, they didn't get fucking touched. And Kemper fucking the, – the, the, he didn't let one puck cross the goal, the, the net. Not in fucking shootout. He shut down McDavid. Drysaddle so just fucking wound up and shot that hoe because, because he knew he didn't have a shot trying to finesse him. It's, it's hilarious what – what goalies come to Denver, and, and whether, it be, whether it be Grub or, or now Kemper, they come with this just fucking swagger that they know how good their defense is in front of them. They can fucking make plays by themselves because they have, they have the ability to take risks because of the offense you have in front of you and the fucking studs on defense you have as well. Yeah, I, I really like the way that Kemper finished his season. We'll get – I, I want to focus more on the NHL, but before we do that, DU – did have a historic weekend on Saturday as well. Uh, actually, week, full weekend because Thursday night they had to take down the number one overall seed in Michigan, and they did that in overtime to get to the national championship game. And that also gave them the ability to win their ninth national championship as a program, which would tie them for the lead in all of NCAA sports currently with Michigan. Yeah, that, that, that's a West West Coast, not West Coast, but a West, the, the farthest Western school that has one of the best hockey programs in the world. Take that, yeah. take that East Coast bias. It's it was uh, a crazy two games. Minnesota State 
the, the fact that they were able to lead that game for two whole periods and then give up five in the third and the goaltender for the Mavericks was the Hobie Baker winner. He was considered the best player in the tournament and DU did what they did in that third period. Now um, it, it was, it was funny first because the guy who scored that goal for Minnesota state was a Denver guy or a Colorado native. So that was, that was an interesting story at first, but this team, I, I think if the avalanche want to do what we all expect them to do, they should honestly watch the two games that DU played in this last year's frozen four, because they weren't the most talented team, which is what the avalanche are pretty much going to be no matter who they play in the NHL playoffs. They, however, when they got down or when the team started playing them a certain way, there was never any wilting from the Pios. The Denver pioneers stood up to whatever they were going to face found a way to play the game that they wanted to and overcame adversity. And honestly, as I think about the last three playoff runs for the, the avalanche outside of the year where they upset Calgary in the first round and, and shouldn't even have even been there. That's really been what it is. They, they face a adverse situation and it's almost like they will. I'm not going to say that they don't, they give up and stop playing, but Vegas after game two last year held the, the physical dominance and the avalanche were never, never able to come back from that adversity. So I really think what we saw Denver do and winning that national championship and starting things off on the right foot for Colorado hockey as we get ready for playoffs, the Avalanche could actually watch those games and learn something. Because that's Bednar. If I were Bednar, I would be showing the film of of that game and and see see this team was losing for eighty nine percent of the game and then they came back and did what they should have done and put five on them and won the national championship. So really cool for the Pios. Awesome to see them win their ninth national championship and uh, the welcome home that they got from the Denver fire department. Did you see that at the airport? Oh, in the, oh, the water awesome, cannons. Oh, that was just awesome. This DU hockey team. And if you're, if you're a Colorado sports fan in general, there's, there's a few teams that every single year you can consistently know, know that they're, they're going to be decent. DU hockey and DU lacrosse are two of those teams. DU lacrosse you have like all, half of the good teams in the state. It really does. Like like the, like the hockey team is always top four in in, in every single year, and, and DU lacrosse is the exact same way. And talk let's let's talk about this coach David Carl, thirty two years old. Mm-hmm. He's thirty two years old. I listened to a story this morning um, on Altitude Sports Radio. He he um, jumped on this morning. He so he originally was um, was was a not scholarship. He was recruited to play hockey at DU. He went and got tested for, and he had he had heart problems. Where he had to stop, he had to stop playing. He became a player coach for DU. Went on to uh, coach at Green Bay. Not nope, not the Packers, but Green Bay, the the, the college for the hockey team. Yeah. And then he comes and get, comes back here and and and. Gets the program right back to the top of the mountaintop. 32 years old, a guy that had NHL dreams, that had his dream taken away from him, now is living the dream with a college hockey team and a bunch of group of guys that just come out and win no matter what. It's an absolutely incredible story. DU Hockey does it again, man. They all they do it again. The Pios, the Pios become, again, the most relevant college in this city or in this state. <laughs> it has been that way for a long time. You're given the cards that you're dealt, and it's what you do with those cards. And, yeah, the, the DU coach, Carroll, did exactly yeah, what he nice. needed to with those cards. So great, great story for DU. Awesome that they won the championship. Hopefully it's a sign of good things to come. Uh, now, as we sit currently for the NHL playoffs in the West, there's – Tons of movement. I was listening to a, 
Uh, Spit and Chicklets. Shout out Spit and Chicklets. No free shout outs. Uh, I know I'm, I'm stealing. I steal a lot from the other podcasts that I listen there to. You You're go. just going to have to deal with it. Uh, but there's like 18 different playoff scenarios that we could have for the Western Conference. That's teams flipping seeds that are already in the playoffs or you know, Vegas right now, as it sits, is not one of the wild card teams. Dallas did overtake them, and it looks like Vegas might miss out on the playoffs entirely. So the one team that has their playoff spot solidified is the Colorado Avalanche. As it sits now, they would win the President's Trophy and have the number one overall seed in the NHL. We all know how we feel about that, but hopefully hopefully Florida can pull themselves together for the last stretch of the season. We've won nine in a row, I think. We still fucking have it. How yeah. annoying is well, that? Fuckers, come on. They've won nine in a row. We're eight, one and one in our last yeah. ten. So Fuck. we can't we can't lose, and Florida can't win enough. Uh, I'm knocking on wood. Don't worry. I'm I'm not going to throw it off this year. But the Avalanche being the only team in the Western Conference playoffs to have solidified their spot, even if they win the President's Trophy, that says something for what this team has been able to do because they weren't healthy for a, a good majority of this this year there's always been at least one star or or a guy on the defensive back end Kemper was struggling initially at the start of the season and it hasn't mattered they've had people step up Nazem Kadri congratulations to you you've made yourself a boatload of money somewhere else I wish it could be here but you know but we have number 29 needs a contract still yeah I'm sorry we're not we're not giving you that much <laughs> you are the second line center still so you'll go be a first line center somewhere else but you're still a second line you'll center be a first Colorado. line center in fucking Arizona because that or somewhere else like that yeah you can go win a cup here you can come win a cup here before then yeah. Um, so that, that is huge for, for Colorado. And as it's, it's now their first round matchup would be against the Dallas stars. I'm not adverse to this. I want to play Vegas and I want to play Dallas. Those are my two teams that I, if I could set it currently, those are the two teams that I want to see the avalanche play in the first round. Let's work out these playoff demons that we've had to deal with for the last two years. And <clears throat> I'm not going to say that it's a lock that the avalanche are going to dominate the first round. But I do think that it's a very high prob- probability that that's what's going to happen. So if you're able to do that against a team that's had your number for the past couple seasons, why not? I'd, I'd love it. I'd welcome it, it. It would be very, very, very nice to go in there and just punk one of those teams. Vegas just got Mark Stone back um, t- t- uh, on Tuesday. And then Dallas is just that fucking team that, that just a little engine that could. You don't think they should be there, but here they are somehow. And they're playing damn good hockey. And I would love – to run a fucking train on either of those teams and just just send a message that the type of message that we that we that I thought we sent when we beat St. Louis that bad last year, where we fucking just sent them home and four and said goodbye, see you later, on to the next one. And obviously that came back to bias in the ass. Maybe we need to play a few games, maybe make it five or six games, so you know we don't just get our legs tired. So maybe we'll let them have one game. But either way, I want I want to just fucking roll these guys and and Dallas. I look, look uh, um. Uh, sorry, uh, who, who's Kings are basically out of it. It's between Dallas, the Coovers, and 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 and, uh, um, and and Vegas between those those three fighting for the eight seed. And right now, I would not count out the Coovers either. I, yeah, Coover. When I say Coovers, I say Vancouver. It's Vancouver Canucks. I I listened to like I said, I listened to the betting show and the call for Coovers. So. I would not count them out. They, they've gone a little bit better as of late, but Vegas and Dallas, it seems like those two teams are just going to – it's going to be all at war for the last seed. Yeah. Yeah. The, the As it sits currently, the wild card 
Nashville and Dallas are the two that have it. Vegas is two. Nashville's behind. not mere lock, even though it's not a lock. They're yeah. they have a tiebreaker over most of those teams. Nashville would be would be a playoff team if they weren't in the Central Division this season. Yes. Nashville Nashville would be uh, third in in the Pacific if they were on the other in the, in the other division on the Western Conference. The other teams, uh, Winnipeg still has necessarily a fighting chance. Uh, they're sitting at eighty one yeah. points, and then Vancouver has eighty. So it's Vegas. Winnipeg and Vancouver, all three fighting for that last wild card. Los Angeles right now has the the final spot in the Pacific, so the Kings actually might be oh. in the playoffs proper. I, I they, they they just they just shut down Drew Doughty for the year. Yeah, and they shut just shut down. Uh, I can't think of their top center, but they just shut down like two guys for the year. So even if they make the playoffs, that's the easiest first round exit I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. So yeah. Um, so. Colorado, Dallas, as it sits now, Calgary is the two seed in the West. They played Nashville at the seven. That's congratulations on making the two seed. You're going to have to go play Roman Yossi and UC Saros. So uh, uh, Calgary is known to fumble the bag when it comes to playoffs. So that's not a fun trip. What? Oh, yeah, they did lose as the uh, first seed, yeah, right? Oh, yeah. And Kale McCarr scored his first goal in the NHL against them, too. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. that makes sense. I remember now. The Flames, that's who that, that's who that is. Uh, three seed, Minnesota. Uh, actually, I'm not quite sure how the tiebreakers will work. It's Minnesota and St. Louis have the same number of points, and or so. I'm pretty sure you go head by head, head to head. Yeah. I'm not sure though. I, as I put it, it's Minnesota is the three seed. They take on the Kings at the six currently, and then St. Louis and Edmonton is the four and five. That mo- that one might actually That's... be the easiest four or five matchup for St. Louis. I know Edmonton doesn't have shit, but. I would much rather, if I was St. Louis, I'd much rather play the Kings. Yeah. Because Edmonton has fucking two of the best players in the world. It doesn't matter if they have no goaltending. You have to be able to slow those guys down. Some teams have figured it out. They figured it out during the playoffs. But it's not like the Kings are throwing the fucking kitchen sink at you. This is it's a little different between those between the Kings and the three seed and Edmonton as the five seed. Oh, yeah. sorry, Kings as the six seed and Edmonton as the five seed. Little, little bit different. Right now, yeah, with the boy, the guys that LA had to sit down, that, that does change things a little bit. Uh, the team that I really don't. I think Dallas, you know, great that they made the playoffs, but I watching Dallas, I, I saw the highlight of them playing against Toronto. And yes, it's Austin Matthews, so I know it's skewed. Austin but Matthews like, on a fucking god mode right now. <laughs> the guy covering him for Dallas had to turn around and skate backward to try and keep up with him, and he still got the corner taken on him. And oh. and Austin Matthews still got around him and scored. So it's the teams that are there that have no speed. Other like Dallas, uh, I think of Boston in the bubble when they played Tampa. When you're chasing guys on the back end, that it's doesn't set no. you up for good success. And it never does. The, that's the one positive that I see for the Avs is that all of their defensemen can skate backwards as many as fast as most of the forwards can skate forward. Um, and Darcy Kemper just has a different feel than Philip Gruber. I know Gruby was on a on a heater going into the playoffs. And I'm, I know that he has playoff experience in Washington. I was never super confident in Philip Grubauer. I'm fairly confident in Darcy Kemper as, I, as of now. I'm not going to sit here and say I'm super confident in Kemper either. But you know what I am super confident is in this defense. That's what I am super confident in. That always bodes well. Because, look, look what Grubauer did in fucking Seattle. He, he, he's not even starting anymore for them. They gave him a fat contract. He, he's not even their number one right now. And Kemper, 
he, like I said, like I said earlier, he just does whatever he wants, and he, he's making life a lot easier. The defense is making his life so much easier. Talk about look. I, I talked about it last year, and I know it kind of went over people's heads. EJ in the lineup is just so massive. He he's one of two guys on this team that has played every single game. Him and Logan, the Loch Ness monster, Logan O'Connor over there, have played every single game for this team. And that consistency on the back end with 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 your assistant captain is is massive, absolutely massive. It gives the energy to Kale, gives the energy to Bo when he comes back and he's fully healthy. It gives that energy to Sammy G when he comes back. The Condor, he, he's he's ring chasing. He is. He's ring chasing. And this may be the best shot he may ever get because he's a guy that may have to leave as well eventually. But, man, he he's he's the rock in the back end. Mac, Landy, and Miko are obviously the rock on the front end. And it's 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 beautiful hockey. I Like, Dallas doesn't scare me. Vancouver doesn't scare me. Vegas kind of scares me. Only because we need we'll to see. beat them in the playoffs. Exactly. Only because they're Vegas. They always fucking do something with nothing. Yeah. Uh, the I think an unsung hero, too, of this season is the other Johnson. Jack Johnson, he may might not bring it on the ice. I think Curtis McDermott, too. I talked a lot of shit about Curtis McDermott at the beginning of the season. Is he able to play on this team? No. He, he wouldn't be a player on this team, but he's there for his role. And and the teams have not been taking liberties with the Avalanche as much as as in years past. I know Mac just got into a fight and Landy was was fighting too. But with Curtis McDermott in the roster and especially in the playoffs now, think about think about the way that Colorado was pushed around in that Vegas series last year. Now, if Curtis McDermott didn't play in the first two games and then we saw how physically beat up they got in game three, you could put Curtis McDermott into the lineup. Think about what Ryan Reeves was last year for the Knights. Ryan Reeves did not play any minutes other than to rip out Ryan Graves' hair. That was all he was there to do. Like that's your that's Curtis McDermott this season and Jack Johnson with EJ back there. I like them on the same pairing, but the experience and the calm that they bring to the locker room. All these guys like I follow them on TikTok, and when Colorado tries to do the trends like who's the dad of the team, everybody just you can tell like people are trying to get into the dressing room and then EJ and Jack Johnson are just standing there like thinking about the question, just they're, they, they're old enough that they understand taking a deep breath. Isn't necessarily the worst thing. Everybody else is just go, 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 go. Absolutely. This, this team, this team is just absolutely incredible. And then before we move on, I want to say this because Denver, Colorado will be hockey town USA after um, knock on wood after by June, uh, June 1st, because I don't know when the playoffs said. Maybe okay, June 15th. Uh, June 15th, call, the state of Colorado will be Hockey Town USA. Let me point this out. That does not mean the city is a hockey town. It still is a football town. It will always be a football town. But it, Detroit, Michigan is not Hockey Town USA anymore. It will be Denver, Colorado with the DU Pioneers, Pioneers with, with a college hockey championship and a, and a Stanley Cup coming back home into Denver, Colorado. And then we will have Hockey Town over here, not the little joke of deep city of Detroit. That's all I'll say. Yeah, yes, I'm so bitter at those fuckers for uh, I passed all these years. Yes, I was a, I was I didn't have memories of when they did that, but I still hate them. So that's all that matters. And when they have a dude on a team with that same Bertuzzi. That's all you need to know at all. When you're born in Colorado, it's almost like you get your I hate my red I hate the Detroit Red Wings shirt in the hospital. 
And you, you, you wake up with, I hate the fucking Lakers. I hate the Raiders. I hate the Red Wings. That's how it goes. Yes. And too bad for the Red Wings. They had to leave the Western Conference because they couldn't handle the Avalanche anymore. And now they're going to lose their hockey town moniker in, in USA. Actually, the like, team is a joke of a fucking franchise. Fucking losing they can't 9-0. Do yeah. Fucking they, they can't. It's it's a, and they play in the Little Caesars Arena. Like they oh, play. That, that, that was the biggest downgrade in fucking building history. The fucking joke compared to Little Caesars Arena. Are you kidding me? Oh, Question. biggest downgrade ever. When you get eliminated from the playoffs, do you also throw the octopus onto the ice, or is that only when you confirm your playoff spot? I'm just I'm just asking because I've never experienced it. Um, I will say. At least as Colorado fans, I know we hate the Red Wings or people who live in Colorado. You've had the Broncos be pretty good for for quite a while. Mm-hmm. If you're a Red Wings fan, you got to deal with hockey season where they suck, and then you got to go deal with baseball season where the Tigers suck. Tigers go- are better, I'll say that. But fucking basketball is ha- basketball hell, and your football team is is the worst franchise in the NFL. So, in sixteen, yeah, in sixteen, um, yeah. Detroit, you suck. What? Uh, if unless you're a Red Wings fan, I don't hate you if you're from Detroit. This is the blues I'm playing. Yes, it's a final thing. When the night is cold and lonely. This is a dollar bill piece. Was it the money that made me a savage? Popping them prices, I made it a habit. Towing them pistols and serving them addicts. That was exciting to me.